So in this episode of the podcast, I'm joined by my PGA colleague and friend, Gavin Clark. Gavin's one of the coaches who has adopted more of a constraints-led Gav is one of the golf coaches that's adopted more of a constraints-based approach in his coaching. And we had a really good conversation ranging from quantum mechanics through to learning from experience, the difference between perception reality, and what he learns from watching his two young boys play in the garden. So I hope you enjoy this episode. And as always, if you've got any questions or comments, please get in touch. Yeah, I kind of got into it. Well, not into it. I'm not into it. I don't you really get into quantum physics unless you're like a proper physicist or whatever. But I got I started getting curious about it a few years ago when I started looking at the whole Mm. is reality what it seems sort of line of thinking. And it's really interesting, isn't it, that that a lot of the stuff that people sort of, I don't know, kind of not call me out on, but um, are are sceptical of is, well, is, is, is what you're saying scientific? And I'm like, well, you, you know, it depends how you define science. And I think that's the problem that a lot of people have got. And we're seeing it with this whole coronavirus thing, that people don't really understand what science actually is. And so that anything that is is outside of their basic concepts of what reality is, is is thought of as unscientific, whether that's looking at it from a spiritual perspective. But the funny thing is, is if you once you start learning a little bit and you don't need to go deep into it, just a little bit about about quantum mechanics, you see that. Mate, that stuff's way weirder than what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so I I started reading a book. So it's kind of the, one of the first books I read was by a guy called Carlo Rovelli, which is um it's called the Seven Brief Lessons on Physics, which I'd really sort of recommend. And it just it just kind of opened my eyes to like you know we kind of grow up thinking, well science has got everything figured out, and if it hasn't got it figured out, it's going to get it all figured out in the next few years and that's just not the case you know there's you know once you start looking at the history of science you realize that a lot of what science had down as well this is how it is and and it will never be revised it's been revised time after time after time after time so you know this idea that you know when people talk well the science is settled whether they're talking about global warming whether they're talking about coronavirus whether they're talking about quantum mechanics whether they're talking about consciousness whatever you know when when somebody says the science the science has never been settled and it will never be settled because that's not what science does science is you know a a methodology it's about how we how we measure and predict the patterns and regularities of nature yeah it it, it just tells you what 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 nature does it doesn't tell you what nature is so that the idea that somehow science is settled and it will this is how the world is and it will never be revised well that's never been the case for the past three thousand years and i don't you know why would that stop now um as say this thing i was listening to this morning with brian green he was basically saying that so the thing that they're working on now is this thing called string theory which is rather than so 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 quantum physics as it stands is based on this thing called the standard 
the standard the standard particle model. So there are these standard this group of particles that they think are the, basically the building blocks of, of of reality or the building blocks of what we call matter. But they're now saying, well, actually, we don't think they are little like you know points as in as in particles. They're actually strings, so elongated things that vibrate, and that's what reality or matter is is built on. Yeah. Um, so yeah, mate. It's it's as I say, it's it's any time that we kind of fix our ideas in terms of what we think reality is, or um, you know that that science has, mm-hmm. has has got it all figured out, we're <laughs> we're miles away from the truth, unfortunately. So, well, you know what? Um, I had some chats with my wife, and also I chats with dad, and <clears throat> I think from personally looking in this direction, there was. As a good example, I saw a clip on social media the other day of these tribes people, and they were there were these pride of lions eating this wildebeest or something. There must have been eight, there must have been seven or eight lions, all eating, and this, these tribesmen were walking towards the lions because they they knew that when the lions see them, they run, and what the, the tribesmen were going to do, they were going to cut the meat off and just take it to their tri- family and eat them, uh, eat the meat. Didn't have to catch it because it's already been caught. And they knew they had about a minute until the lions realised they were bluffing and then the lions would come back and probably try and eat them. And so I was showing it to someone and my wife said, oh, God, you'd have to be brave or whatever to do that. And I said, no, it's nothing to do with bravery. It's probability or likelihood or I know nothing. I know nothing about maths, nothing. And I failed it at school hated it but looking in the direction i've looked in it then goes beyond that and it's like well that's 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 as much a better barometer for should i do this as it is what's going on inside me i'm scared yeah but every time we've walked towards those lines they've run because they're scared and they've run off so we've got a minute to get it and then go back to our so that's for me that would be yeah but look at the facts behind it they're going to run. They're going to go. And that's, I was chatting with my dad and he's like, speaking to me on the phone. He's like, Gavin, I've absolutely no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, 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 it makes sense to me inside me. But um, yes, it's just go with, go with the, go with the facts. What's going to happen? What's always happened before in that scenario in the, with the animals and the tribes people. Yeah, you'd love. Have you read any um, Nassim Nicholas Taleb? No. So he's a, a really interesting guy. So um, was a, an option trader on Wall Street, and he's so his speciality is, is risk and probability. So he's he's written four books: um, Fooled by Randomness, The Black Swan, Anti Fragile, and Skin in the Game. I've basically just chain read them over the last obviously four weeks. I've had a lot of time, so I've just spent a lot of time reading. And I literally got I read Anti Fragile first and was like, "Wow, this guy thinks about things in such a different way." Mm. And and I mean, it's, that's pointing to exactly that. It's it's when I start talking to coaches about philosophy, it seems you know they're like, "Well, what has that got to do with coaching?" And I was like, "Well, it's got everything to do with coaching because philosophical ideas underpin." you know what the layers of stuff that we actually do on a daily basis over that so you know what you're pointing to there is like well what's the balance between rationality so 
making understanding the world through concepts and theories and empiricism which is basically understanding the world through experience and experimentation and and the way that human beings are wired up we're always going to we're always going to be finding trying to find that balance between what our intellect is doing and what our experience our intuition is telling us from from past experience or whatever and unfortunately the problem we've got at the moment is that the, the the world we live in values intellectual thought and rationality over intuition or um, emotional intelligence or you know I- experiential understanding it's it's yeah it just seems to be it's it's gone in 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 too far in one direction and you know what what you're saying there is you know peoples who are from what we would sort of think of as primitive come from a a primitive society but there's a wisdom there that's based Mm -hmm. on experience and you know law that's maybe been passed down from generation to generation that they just they just they have a they actually have a much more a, a much fuller picture of the of how the world works because they're not trying to explain everything rationally and and conceptualize everything and theorize about everything yeah so you know this is as i say when we talk about when we talk about coaching and philosophy there are certain types of thinking certain areas of thought which underpin you know everything that we do in life not just coaching so whether that's whether it's logic whether it's ethics whether it's understanding language whether it's epistemology knowing how knowing how we know what we know whether it's ontology, what the nature of reality is, and how we and, and how we know that all of these things are interlinked, and and they underpin what we what we then go on to do when we're coaching somebody or when we're playing a sport or whatever. You know, the, the, the whole you know constraints based thing that that coaching has gone for recently. It's all about creating the environment. Well, how do you do that in a logical and considered manner if you don't understand what the environment is how our perception of that environment is created what is the nature of reality because that is the context in which everything takes place it takes place within our experience and is do 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 by our do context by the environment do we mean is there an environment out there beyond our perception well we've got no proof of that so basically what you're trying to do when you're changing the environment is changing somebody's perception mm. in the hope of then changing their behavior. So you, if you're just operating on the level of behavior, which a lot of coaches are doing, they're trying to get behavior change, but they then don't realize that there's layers yeah. of, ex, of, of our subjective experience going way underneath that. So there's the level of thinking, you know, our thinking arises from what we believe in our values and our, our, our values and our, our beliefs arise out of something much more, a, a more primitive type of, of of intelligence, if you want to put it like that, you know, the the deep seated core beliefs about who we think we are and what the nature of reality is, which and all of those are, you know, they're philosophical questions. They're not yeah. coaching questions. And I think it goes a long way to explain why. I mean, I'll use constraints in my lesson, knowing full well that with some people it's going to have an effect, and some other people it's not going to have an effect because like you just pointed to there, they're looking at it differently. So 
although definitely at times it can use I know full well that it's totally dependent on the person's outlook on that moment with their swing and the shot and the uh, constraint I've used sometimes the work just brilliant and other times the guy's thinking well why is Gav doing this in a lesson this isn't why is that stick there why have you put that crossbar in front of me yeah um but that's okay because I can change it and that can lead to some other questions for me which is quite nice to sort of get beneath the surface of, of what I can't see yeah, and I think, you know, the whole question about, have you read any of Donald Hoffman's stuff? Um, so Don Hoffman's a, um, a neurologist or a neuroscientist. He's, he's, there's a couple of really good TED Talks out there where he talks about how our perception, the way we've evolved, the way our, our, the, the way our, our minds have evolved, the way our brains have evolved. Basically, we're, we've evolved for, for survival and for, for reproduction, for, for, for fitness, not to perceive everything to perceive the world actually as it is right so we're constantly perceiving through the filters of our, th- our thinking and our beliefs and our values and 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 other stuff going on be- beneath that that we don't even we don't even we aren't even aware of yeah so so there's there's levels of cognition so there's two types of going back to sort of jungian what jungian psychology would call conscious and unconscious you know, I, I don't use the word unconscious because the, t- to me, we are conscious of these things. We're aware of them, but at a different level. So I, I'd use the word cognition and metacognition. So cognition is, is is that you're aware of something, that you know something. And then metacognition is being aware that you're aware of it or knowing that you know it. Okay. So sometimes you can do something in a, in a, in a lesson where you maybe put a constraint in and you don't even tell the person what you're what you're doing and you see a we, you, you see a change in behavior and it's almost like because you've just done something they maybe haven't even noticed what it is that you've done on a on a metacog uh, on, a, on the level of metacognition so they're not aware that they're aware of it right. but there's an underlying thing that's come in there that, that that just changes something and it's like well they you know they don't even know that it's happened because there's as i say there's that there's 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 cognition going on and then there's this this other level this reportable level of of metacognition that that we what we think of as consciousness or awareness so that's that's i mean i talk a lot i hear a lot about coaches talk about how it's got to be transferable and so you might put something in place in a lesson and then they go onto the golf course and without actually observing them you're not really going to know if it's a much of a difference and how long that might take to actually see a difference yeah um yeah i I think it's you know it's interesting because you know do you need to have metacognition in order to be able to perform at a high level well i think you know we, we we've seen enough golfers down the years who have actually got worse as they've understood more about their own golf swing and what they're doing I mean, it can be, I hate to say it, there's useful information and there's not useful information. And in that, I would mean that when in a golf swing, I talk a lot about what's critical when playing golf. Um, More of like an explanation, not really giving someone to, it's going to be a magic fix. So definitely when I'm relating it to my golf game, I got worse. I had loads of information that was just, pointless not i didn't need to know it it was it would it happen does it happen yes but given all the other motor skills i've done in my life no one ever talked about that 
or point or made me do that. So I was there's my my neighbor, my next door neighbor's a musician, um, and he's a really keen tennis player, really keen golfer. And I said, golf tuition is like him giving me. He's a violinist, and he said it's like he'd give me a violin. And it's like him giving me the violin, telling me where to put the violin through my palm, where to put my fingers, what angle to have my elbow at, what, how to move my wrist at what point and at what rhythm, and not even mentioning about playing a note. That's yeah. golf instruction. Yeah. And that's, I think that's a lot of rubbish information in the golf world for me that I just don't, yeah, it happens and it's going to happen. But like holding a violin to play a note, that, well, that's everything. That's the task. That's the instrument I've got. And through through playing and trial and error, I can start to actually play it. So, yeah, if someone's going to give me a violin to play, no, don't tell me the angle my wrist needs to be at and put a thing on my wrist to measure what my wrist is doing. Just tell me what the note is. Help me understand. That would be useful information. And I think for me, that was when I got golf. I got really bad because like the culture is it's it, everyone's doing it it's telling it's do this do this do this whereas i've gotten better through actually a lack of yeah a lack of stuff i don't know how much stuff you've looked into the whole sort of skill acquisition yeah. um you know this whole so so talk to me what is how would you define skill acquisition and what what is it what is it for because i'm i'm not i've seen a lot of people talking about it but i just i don't quite get it i think it's it's understanding what's happening when we're getting better at something and we can do something more often so it's it's other lots of motors i don't think it's often don't say if i gave someone a hammer and a nail there's a there's an there's an acquire acquiring of skill to be yeah. able to deliver the hammer to the nail to make it go in. And joiners probably are really, 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 really good at it. Yet I don't see, or I don't know of, I'm like, without looking, a sea of information coming from joiners as to how how they've got that. It's just there. They can do it. And with golf skill acquisition, it's very, very looked into and tried to understand. And the, the direction I've looked in with, task led and understanding the tool and then tapping into a brilliance of a human being is how I've developed skill. Yeah. I couldn't define it, wouldn't be able to, but that's at the moment that's all I'd have. It's, it's knowing well how do we acquire it? How do we get better at it? Why okay. do we get better? well that's kind of the thing I was pointing to because I, I I see so much and it's not just in golf, but people trying to understand you know, they, they think we have to learn how to learn. Yeah. And it's like, well, no, because we just learn. What do we need to what do we need to know about you know, what relevance has the brain got and brain function got in terms of learning how to hit a golf ball? You know, if somebody hadn't told me that I had a brain, I wouldn't know that I had a brain. Mm. I don't experience my brain function directly. What I experience is is is, is my, my experience. So my thoughts, feelings, perceptions and sensations. That's what. I experienced directly and this idea that somehow by understanding how the brain functions we're going to get better at that I, I don't see that it seems to me like you know if I want to go to the shops I don't need to know how the diesel engine in my truck works no. I need to know how to drive the truck so 
why are we as coaches spending so much time and energy learning about how we learn when we know that we learn if you give a kid a tennis racket and a ball or a, a golf club and a ball or a you know a bike they'll they'll work it out it will just happen learning will happen learning will take place it's like it's just a natural function of of interacting with the environment and and like you say the implement that you've got the tool that yeah. you've got um and i just think we're you know the phrase i've heard which i, I really like is so many coaches out there are, are, are teaching fish how to swim <laughs> yeah you know they're, they're tapping on the side of the aquarium and telling and saying go on wag your tail wag your fins wag your fins yeah that's really good and then the fish goes off and does it and the coach is going great i helped that i helped that fish to, to swim there that was brilliant right. and then they go off and write a book about how they taught the fish how to swim and it's like it's gonna happen <laughs> <laughs> I don't, you know, it's, it's, and I see it so much and, and look, you know, I don't know any coach that comes into coach, you know, very few coaches come into this without, we're, we're all coming at it from a, a, a place of service and wanting to help people. And because we love the game and because we enjoy people and we want to, we want to, we want to help. But if you, I, I had, you know, this conversation with, with Lucy Moore the other day about if you don't understand how your own mind works and you haven't looked at your relationship with yourself it's very hard to understand the relationship with with the other person and and if you're as a coach are coming in because you want to help people that's great but then if you start attaching your well-being and how you're valuing your own state of mind and your own worth by whether a kid learns to play tennis, cricket, football, or whatever, you're you're going to tie yourself in knots. Because you heard the, you heard the song Stevie Wonder that called Superstition. Yeah, yeah, I love it. There's a line in it that says, "If you believe in things that you don't understand, then yeah. you suffer." Yeah, and yeah. that's so true. And 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 we, you know, one of my favourite authors is a guy called Bernardo Castrop who talks. Yeah. Um, a lot about the the, the, the sort of um, the nature of reality, and and he he's a really interesting guy. He was a um, he was a, a computer scientist, worked at CERN for a long time. So he's got two PhDs. He's got a PhD in computer science, and now he's got one in philosophy of mind as well. And he talks about the 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 fundamental nature of mind of of our mind is to deceive itself. And you look at that and then you start again, you put that together with the stuff that people like Daniel Kahneman's done on on biases and 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 you know the behavioral science stuff, and you just see that it's it's we are one, you know, back to our original start of the conversation, one reality is n- is nothing like what we think it is. Yeah. And two, we're completely at the mercy of our beliefs and our biases. And part of the human experience is having those and we're never, ever going to be free of those. You're never going to get to a state of pure consciousness, pure obscenity, pure isness, whatever that is. There's always going to be layers of who you think you are, layers of narrative, layers of story on top of that, because that's how we make sense of the world, that our, our world is created through language and through a narrative. So. 
the best we can do is to is to is to know that what we are experiencing is not real and to wherever as much as possible just be aware of the biases and the beliefs that we've got (laughs) that's the best that we can do because you're never going to free yourself from them um but but you you know fortunately that doesn't preclude you from having a, a a great life if you if you start to understand where it is that you're actually deceiving yourself and where your beliefs are what your biases are be aware of the story that you're you're telling yourself about how life works and and most important of all understanding that you are not your story you are what's underneath that you are the the knowing the 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 space underneath the story the space in which that that story appears that's kind of the the best we can do and even i i find quite a lot of comfort knowing that i'm gonna whatever you call it trip up have these moments where if you like bernardo castro says yeah your, your your mind is to try and trick you whatever i think whatever you, the word you used all of what you just said then really really resonated with yeah my biases the story i tell myself all these narratives i've got going sometimes they're there sometimes they're not and also yeah what you touched on with beneath the surface of earlier on i noticed i was anxious and then there was me noticing i was anxious yeah and that again like i was chatting to you the other day about that hit it on the head again there's that stuff that noticing under the what's that i can't can't grab hold of that you can't and you never will because that's the mind is known by that so it's upstream of the mind so you can't you can't the mind can't grasp what the mind is known by it's 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 just impossible mm. you know it's it's why we use symbols and metaphors and myths and allegories to point towards that because there's no way of describing it literally you know we're we're, uh, essentially we're a medium-sized primate that's what we are and the idea that a medium-sized primate has the intellectual horsepower and the, the the language to describe the fundamental nature of reality it's like well why why would we you know why we're not that far removed from you know from daisy my dog asleep on the couch and i wouldn't expect her to be able to work out what the nature of reality is so why do i think that i should be able to do it it's kind of you know it, it's back to the whole science thing you know because we've been so successful in developing these technologies and 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 creating this uh, amazingly sophisticated world that we kind of think we've got it all figured out you know you've only got to look as i say in the direction of quantum physics or in the direction of the study of consciousness to realize we're a million miles away from it and and that doesn't mean that we can't have a great life and be happy and enjoy our sport enjoy our golf enjoy our coaching and everything in, in fact, at that knowing of, of the fact that we haven't got it, it's actually liberating in a lot of yeah. senses because it takes the pressure off. Yes. Back to the whole question of, of the, the scientism that seems to be the sort of primary religion that we're, that, that we're living in at the moment. You know, the, the old religions have sort of been superseded by this belief in science and technology. And, and you know, what's that, what that has led us to do, as I say, is, is, is almost lose the meaning of 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 why we do things because we're looking for a literal explanation for everything a literal 
you know, a factual cause and effect relationship between everything that we see. Yeah. And, and as we know, that's just not there, particularly when it comes to sport, because sport is purely about an experience. It's about how we feel. It's about the, you know, the, the, the ecstasy of, of rolling in that 30 footer on the final green to, 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 to win a tournament or the, you know, the crushing disappointment of missing a three footer to lose the Ryder Cup. It's like those feelings are what sport is about, whether you're playing a game of under nines rugby or you're serving for the Wimbledon Tennis Championship, whether you're playing sport, watching sport, coaching sport, that's why we do it. Yeah. And we don't, there is no scientific or literal explanation for those feelings. You know, we, we know that from the fact that we can't put those feelings into words. You can't put the feeling into words of hitting an absolutely pure two iron and seeing it soar through the air and land on the green. It's just, you can't put that into words. There, there are no words to describe it because words are, they're not designed for, for that. The closest you get to it is, I guess, poetry or, you know, I, I really got, I got out of the habit of reading fiction books when I was a kid because I kind of had got into this whole thing that it had to be factual. It had to make sense, mm. you know, in order for it to be actually worth reading and actually saying something. It's only recently I've kind of got into it and gone, ah, oh, I've missed out on so much because what great literature or great poetry does, it points you to a metaphorical meaning or a symbolic meaning or or you know it, it points to something beyond the words is what i'm trying to say and and mm-hmm. that's why sport is so powerful for us because it has this narrative and it is pointing to something beyond the literal beyond our beyond what we what we know to be real it's pointing us back to who we really are essentially and that's why it grips us that's why it it means so much to us. It, it's it's it reconnects us with what it means to be alive, with what it means to be who we are. I saw um I saw a thing the other day that it just showed a crowd at a football match, and it just showed didn't show the goal going in or anything. It just it was just on the crowd, and just watching that, I got I got the same feelings and emotions I would get from being at a football match, and I know that I've been there, what it's like. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. It was um. It is, and even then, I was struggling to put put it into words because, like you said, it's, you can't. Yeah. It, it, as I say, there's a side to us that is our experience is is not just scientific. It's not just literal. It's not just struggling for the words here. It, it, there's something so much more to our experience than that than our you know, then the matter, the, the the cells, the subatomic particles that we believe that we are made from and that the world we inhabit, that, that the world we inhabit is made from. That that's that's the myth. That's the it's an abstraction. It's it's what our education system and, and the last two hundred years of of scientific progress have, have kind of pushed us to believe. But mm. as I say, that's that's you know, and and the tragedy is that we now believe that our feelings and that the things that we we most enjoy and most want for ourselves and our families come from that abstraction, come from that that material world. 
as I say, it's a, it's it's a tragedy because it's just there's no evidence for that. We we experience directly our experience is the only thing that we know for sure. We don't know what's out there beyond thoughts, feelings, perceptions, and sensations because that's all we've got. And then we've created this explanation for 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 what's going on within that experience. And it's it's killing us. It's it's causing us to, you know, most people to 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 suffer or a lot of people to suffer, and it's causing us to do damage to each other and to the planet that we live on. You know, whatever form that is, we've we've overcomplicated. We've we've created a separate ontological category that doesn't need to be there. Mm. And when you know, as the Stevie Wonder song goes, when you believe in things you don't understand, you suffer. And that's what we've done because we've created something that can't we we can't understand because it's not real. It's an abstraction. So the more that we can just simplify our that our understanding of, of what we're experiencing and how we can experience it and and relate to people from those values and those beliefs that we know to be true those those things that we feel from moment to moment and understand those we don't need that extra step and that's what i think you know when, when you listen to as i say bernardo or donald hoffman or you know francis lucille rupert spire all of these you know, philosophers and, and teachers and, and scientists who actually get this stuff and, and who have, have looked, have had the courage and, and you know, the, the insight to look in a different direction. That's what has certainly been massively helpful to me. And I think it's been helpful to you. And I think it's, it's, it's proving helpful to a lot of other people as well. Hmm. Yeah. And I think um, what sparked me to look in that direction was, just genuine curiosity it wasn't anything other than that and it wasn't even oh if I look at that and look deeper I'll feel better and I'll get more excitement and I'll get these more rushes of insights and this it's, it was just a uh, I'm fascinated with that that underneath the surface what that's the bit that really grabbed hold of me that um yeah, haven't read anywhere near as many books as you, by the sound of it. Uh, two young boys will do that to you. Exactly, mate. You got, but, but mate, that's you know the the beauty of this is when you've seen that for the first time, the lab is always open oh. because you know. Yeah, I I read books, not you know, you know, I, I do read a lot. I've got a lot of time to do that. I'm very fortunate, but I do it because I'm I love doing it, and but but. I've learned much more from just like you have by the sounds of it is getting curious about your own experience. And like I say, that when you see this, when you see that there is that nobody has more access to wisdom than you do to, to, to understanding than, than you do through your own direct experience, there aren't any special kind of tools or techniques or gadgets or anything to measure you know consciousness or awareness or the feelings of love the feelings of uh, happiness the feelings of well-being that, that that's all directly available to us at, at all times so like i say the lab is always open so you when we talked the other day you had the, the the conversation about your you're watching your two boys going off and playing for a couple of hours without yeah. you know you being there and and that you'll learn more from watching those guys playing and doing their thing and and interacting with each other and interacting with you 
than you will read in a million books. <laughs> going, like reason for me being a bit late, we were walking down the road and it was, it was raining today. And the jaw on my little boy's face because he had an umbrella. Nice. In my head, I was like, look, it's an umbrella. <laughs> but I could just see the just unbridled look on his face. Oh, mate. Yeah. But then it got to the end of the road. It was like, yeah, a bit heavy actually now, Dad. Can you have it? <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think that's why it's so, you know, I, I do, I'm lucky enough to do some work with, with some schools and, and in the, the Buckinghamshire cricket pathway and working with these young, these youngsters is just so enjoyable for a start, but also just fascinating because they are so much closer to this understanding of who they really are than a lot of adults are because they just they're much closer to this raw experience of life without these layers of cultural conditioning being built over the top of them yet so they haven't got these layers of belief and these layers of concept and these layers of, of theory that a lot of adults have which which sort of you know tints their experience and colors their experience they you know, they like you say, they just can find the pure joy in the experience of of, of rain hitting an umbrella. Yeah. You know, you do you do start to, you do see that. You know, you see a young kid who suddenly learns how to, you know, bowl leg spin, and all of a sudden the ball comes out and just hits the ground, and just kicks, and you, you can just see the look on the face, and it's like, mm. you know, how did that happen? And the next question is, can I do it again? And it's like that that's what this is about and if we if we try and boil that down you know you could take that kid to one side and try and give him a physics lesson on on you know the friction of the cricket ball hitting it's like don't go (laughs) you know all all of that stuff is interesting if it fascinates you but it ain't going to help him bowl leg spin that's what unfortunately we sometimes get trapped into by this great big brain great big intellect that we've got that we that we we feel that the good stuff is in that rather than in just the direct experience and and as i say understanding happens at a level beyond the intellect it's it's a felt experience it's so it's somatic so we have the conceptualization of 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 the task or the problem and then we have the experience and and the ball comes out and it does what we want it to do whether it's a golf shot whether it's a cricket shot whether it's bowling and, and the the learning or the the, the crystallization of that experience in terms of understanding it again we're back to that thing of you can't put it into words mm. so so the, that moment of understanding it's like it's like when you when you understand a joke for the first time so somebody tells you the, the joke and they tell you the punchline and then there's a pause and then you conceptualize it and then you laugh. And it's like that moment of understanding of getting the joke. It's like, a, you know, it's why they call it the aha moment, because <laughs> there's no better word for it. You can't put it into yeah. words. So it's like, but that moment of, of suddenly, you know, I remember like my own sort of golf career where I've, you know, the first time I've managed to move the ball from right to left, having been a slicer for the whole of my kind of golf career. And then all of a sudden you, you, spend hours and hours and hours on the practice ground and then you just manage to get the you know the 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 face and the path combination right and this thing just takes off and just falls left and it's like 
oh my god that is just yeah you can't put it into words it's just yeah. amazing yeah talking to my um one of the days i dropped um dropped my boy off at school and uh, we're in the playground just before they all went in and one of the girls in, a, in my boy's class came up to the the teacher who was there and she had handed her a jumper and she said oh someone's lost this and the teacher said oh is there a name in it and she's like oh no there's no name in it and one of the other girls in the class heard them got the jumper smelled it and said oh it's Maisie's <laughs> and the teacher laughed and looked at me and she said we're teaching them should be oh. around if an adult did that I'll be honest I'd look at them and a bit weird and like you're a bit near a serial killer there, mate. <laughs> that is genius, though, isn't it? But and it is genius. And it would be a genius for a child to do it or an adult to do it. It's a good way of doing it. Yeah, definitely. If a child does it, oh, isn't that brilliant? That is insane. Because th- there's none of that stuff there, like you mentioned, the layers and yeah. judgments and all that. And if an adult did it, yeah, yeah through me being a victim of all that, you know, victim what it is, I'd look at them and think, hey, really? what did you just do but yeah it was and that's the tragedy of what you know what what a lot of you like you say if you're teaching if you're teaching fish out to swim <laughs> yeah. you'll, you'll coach that out of people you know you don't allow that opportunity to happen you know yeah. if you believe the only way of connecting somebody with a jumper is the having a name in the back of it and you tell people that that's how a jumper finds its way back to its owner, you immediately narrow down the, you know, the, 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 the possible ways that it can happen because that's, that's how it's done. Yeah. You know, you look back at the, even as I say, taking it back to science again, you know, the, 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 the time, science, the scientific discoveries that we've, we've taken for granted over the years, when they first happened, they looked like acts of lunacy. You know, Einstein's, you know, theory of relativity saying that space and time is curved or, you know, whatever that was. I probably haven't explained that right. Or, you know, Copernicus suddenly deciding that, you know, no, we're spinning around the sun. It's not the other way around. These guys were treated as heretics, you know, particularly Copernicus, are treated as heretics, you know, and, and that's that's what we're in danger of doing and i think you know i i'm 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 hopeful for, from a lot of the conversations that i'm that, that i have with coaches that we're starting to you know the the doors of 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 different ways of doing things are starting to to open and we're seeing that that a lot of the time the, the kids have got better ideas than we have about how to yeah. do this stuff yeah you know and i know the stuff that you do with your you know junior groups is is fantastic and if we just get, like you say give kids give kids an opportunity and you know point them towards the task and let them let them find their own way to doing it yeah there was one of the lessons i was doing before all this happened and one of the boys very young was in the lesson and he was trying to do a certain certain shot anyway didn't really get it but that's fine and then at the end we were picking up some balls and he was hitting the balls back all of a sudden, this move here appeared. Just nice. like, Freddie, that's it. What are you doing there? And he's looking at me. Didn't answer. Didn't know what I was on about. Quite right as well. Yeah. But that's it. Exactly. His dad walked over. He said, "Oh, that was good." 
like, yeah, yeah, he did it on his own. <laughs> Mate, it's it's it, it's so interesting to say we're we're so lucky to be in this position of of you know being able to to work in this in this field, and it's um it's it's yes, yeah, best job in the world, isn't it? When it's when days like that where you just you it know is, uh, those moments, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. As you can say, you can't put worse than them. Cool. Yeah. You want much else on for the rest of the day? Uh, no, I've got a, I've got to, um, I've got to go to the supermarket. So I'm going to venture out in a minute and go to Waitrose. But yeah, back to uh, actually, I've got, a, I've got, some, we're, we're doing some, some online stuff, some online little online lessons for the Bucks cricket uh, pathway. So kind of get stuck into that, and um, yeah, probably. Uh, I've got a book I'm rereading a couple of I like to read a book and like read it and then I put it away for a few days and then reread it again. So um I'm gonna start writing some book reviews as well, I think, as just a mm. some kind of some some sort of articles for the website and stuff. So yeah, what about you, mate? Um I was gonna ask while I remember, can you what was the name of that guy? He was a I think he was a bank, he said, or Wall Street person. He'd done stuff on probability. Nassim Nicholas Taleb. Really, really interesting guy. So yeah, he's probably him and him and Bernardo are my kind of sort of frontline library at the moment. Yeah, it sounds interesting. I'll um have a look at a few of the talks as and when I can. Um, but uh, yeah, today no, it's raining, so we probably won't get out. If it stops raining, we'll we'll venture out for a bit. Um, but the boys are just finishing their schoolwork. We'll have lunch now, and then yeah, usual things. Bit of um. They've started watching. Um, there's loads of nature stuff on, like the Blue Planet, and yeah. they're quite um, nice. They're quite good. There was one about sharks the other day, and my youngest saw it. And he said, "Oh, he wants to do that for a lot a job now." He's like, "What? He's obsessed about sharks and going down the sea and diving and doing all this." He wants to awesome. Yeah, be in the Bahamas. It'd be great. We'll come and visit. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> nice. That's it. Yeah, Sam. Thank you for your time today. Mate. Really, really appreciate it. It's um, thank it's you. Happy chaps. It's. There's not so many people I can have these chats with. Um, it's uh, so it's really, really helpful, really beneficial. I really appreciate it, mate. Anytime. Let's uh, let's do it again soon. Yes, thank you, mate. All right. Cheers, Take pal. Care. Speak soon. Bye.